Welcome to the Heal Podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama Five, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Welcome back to the Heal Podcast. This is Mimi, and today I have Dr. Gail Clayton, who is a pharmacist and certified nutrition specialist whose practice is in Houston, Texas, and she is known to get to the root causes of difficult chronic illnesses. She is also one of the co-founders of the Mold Detox Diet. Today, we talk about how Lyme patients are impacted by heightened histamine response and how controlling your pH, nutrition, and using polyphenols and minerals can help. Also, if you think you have SIBO, this podcast will also be helpful as Dr. Clayton discusses if there's a connection between digestive issues such as SIBO and Lyme. To get my Detox for Lyme checklist, go to Lyme360.com forward slash detox checklist. Dr. Clayton, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so appreciative of your time and I'm excited to learn about your expertise, healing people who have illnesses that seem to not be able to be solved by the typical medical community. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Mimi. I'm excited to be here. So if someone does come to you that you find out that they do have Lyme, how do you treat them or what do you find that they have that are, is causing them to not get better? I can't pinpoint it to any one thing. You know, I have a pretty extensive intake form. And and when I get a new client, I kind of study everything. Because like if somebody comes to me with Lyme, and I do get a lot of Lyme people coming to me, I want to look at everything. I want to look at all the labs. I want to see what all the doctors have done. I wanted to see, is there something that's missing? Because typically when you have something chronic, there's something like really going wrong metabolically, maybe something you're eating, something you're doing, something you're drinking, something you're exposed to, or some type of metabolic imbalance somewhere that hasn't been addressed. And so that's what I'm looking for. The first thing I do is I look at the symptoms. I have a symptom questionnaire, and then I look at the diet and say, okay, is it something in the diet? What are they eating? And what's wrong with what they're eating? Are they not getting enough of something or getting too much of something else? Are they eating too much inflammatory, allergenic foods? You know, go through there and then look at their sleep patterns, look at their history, look at their, usually people come to me with like tons of labs and I specialize in the organic acid, fatty acid, amino acid interpretation, like the organic acid, the oat testing and try to see if there's something that I find that other people haven't been able to find. And that's in my first session. And then I come up with, okay, what do I think is going on with the immune system? What do I think is keeping you stuck? And then I have a whole list of things like diet, lifestyle things that let's change this and see if the immune system kind of will come back into balance. Because a lot of times, you know, it's something that we're eating or doing that's keeping the immune system polarized in this like negative self-stimulating loop. And when you remove some of those things, a lot of times it will come back to homeostasis. Are they typically, you know, gluten or dairy or what do you normally see? Somebody that's been sick for a while and has really done a lot of diet cleanup and everything, it's not typically gluten and dairy. It's usually like maybe they're eating smoothies every day 
and they're like putting like too much fruit or too much of something. Or like I had one lady, she was just a mess and she was doing these smoothies every day and she put all these berries in it. Well, berries are good and brain food and all of that. But when you overdo it, it can keep you in that histamine loop to where your gut can't heal. Sometimes I have to take people off of berries and then these green smoothies, they may have too much oxalates and then that causes a lot of problems metabolically too. Hmm. That's really interesting. Or maybe they're not getting enough protein. Sometimes I'll look at their organic acids testing and see that they don't have enough protein. See, to turn on the mitochondria, well, that's where we make energy, it requires amino acids. And when you are very inflamed and very sick, you're drawing those amino acids for wound repair to make our immune cells. All of our immune antibodies, they're made from proteins. And so if there's problems with making proteins, and let's say you're not digesting them completely, and then we're not getting a full array, maybe some of them are absent or this or that, then we can't turn on the mitochondria. It's those free form amino acids that can turn on the mitochondria and get it spinning around and make an ATP. You know, and sometimes you just, you need such an energy boost that Mm -hmm. they need free form amino acids to turn it on. How does someone test to see if their mitochondria is working and and making (laughs) ATP? Well, I use organic acid testing. The oat testing measures all of those intermediates, the citrate, isocitrate, alpha-ketoglutarate, succinate, fumarate, malate. We can actually measure that. And they go round and round in circles and they pass electrons. And these intermediates can get pulled out. If we have an amino acid deficiency somewhere else, they're made of amino acids. Our body can borrow it and then like replace it later. So sometimes what you'll see is a pattern is below detectable levels or like several of those are, are very, very low, especially on the front end of the citric acid cycle, those first few, if those are really low and then the organic acids at the entrance, like the pyruvate is very low. And there's some other signs too. I look at the fatty acids, if the saturated fatty acids are low and the alpha keto acids are all low you know, that's a sign of a hypometabolic state. And this person probably needs free-form amino acids, like five grams twice a day on an empty stomach. And that quickly like raises blood levels and and it turns on the mTOR. mTOR is, is a cell regulator and you turn that on and you can turn on I don't do that unless I, I know that that's the pattern they're in because if they're in like a cell danger response, a different pattern, you have to like, go a different way. It's like, okay, what's causing, you know, the mitochondria, the, the mitochondria will go into shutdown mode mm-hmm. when there's some proteins on the outside that can sense when something is trying to steal too many electrons and it's kind of goes into self-preservation mode. And until you like remove all of those things that are like causing an, an excessive need for ATP from the mitochondria, you remove that you know, if, if they're still there, you can't like finish it and, and go. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect segue, I think, into talking about you're the other half of the mold detox diet, right? Yes. So yes. Um, you created the mold detox diet and yes. mold is a big part of cleaning up, making sure you don't have mold because it affects 
your body so badly. Well, yeah, of course. So if you're living in a moldy house and that's the first thing, I mean, no matter what supplements we throw at you, I mean, we can change, you know, diet changes do help even though you're living in mold, but you're never going to recover. That's the first step is to get out of the exposure, stop any exposures and clean up your diet. You want to change to an anti-inflammatory diet. In our mold detox diet course that I developed along with Dr. Margaret Christensen, who hosted the Toxic Mold Summit, you know, we reviewed like the most common diets that are used in mold illness. And we kind of talk about the pros and cons of each one and give you a guidance on which one to choose that's best because some people have excessive histamine, especially with mold and Lyme, you start developing chemical sensitivity. And that's another thing. People get a lot of digestive disorders and their doctors are treating them for SIBO, but the symptoms are almost indistinguishable from histamine intolerance. Mm -hmm. And now why, I think that's definitely happened to me at this point, because I've had Lyme for so long that I'm in that histamine response where I get hives, I break out, I am super mm-hmm. sensitive, I can smell anything. And I'm like, don't you guys smell that? And they're like, what are, you sm- what are you talking about? I'm like, I could walk into a house and be like, who used non-organic cleaning supplies? And I could walk to the, ba- like the bathroom up on the second floor and be like, ha like there they are. And they're like, what are you? I mean, I'm kind of psycho about it because I'm so sensitive to any kind of smell or chemicals. Yeah. And so I think that's what you're talking about, right? Because I'm just... Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a histamine response, but also losing oral tolerance, you know, to foods is a histamine response. And, and another thing that's a histamine response is people think that they're having a heart attack. They have these hal- palpitations mm-hmm. and then they get really aggressive. I was talking to this lady yesterday and she lives in a mold house and she was saying, oh, I feel so bad. I, I went off on my niece last week. My, I have some back pain and the doctor gave me some morphine. And afterwards, I just went livid and I was so mean. And I said, morphine degranulates mast cells. So it causes you to be very neurotic. You know, like if you have chronic histamine, you can like be neurotic. You're not psychotic. You know, it's different. You're not psychotic. You're more neurotic like just obsessive about everything and easily triggered into like fear and and aggression and anger. And so that's histamine driven. Hmm. And what do you do? I mean, what right now I just take two Claritin and I've taken all this mast cell tests and they keep coming back negative. That's very, very common. You have to be in a very severe crisis. I never even test or even recommend people test for mast cell because It requires 24-hour urine collection. You have to keep your urine in an ice bucket and ice down, and and you have to be in a crisis. You almost can never get a positive mast cell test. One of the things that's really, really overlooked in stabilizing mast cells is using, you know, of course, minerals are good. And and also, you want to look at the acid-base balance, you know, the and your just your regular labs to make sure your chemistry, the carbon dioxide and like your sodium potassium ratio is a good ratio. You want the ratio between 30 and 35. And you want to make sure that like the CO2 and the anion gap isn't out of whack because we have to fix the pH and the osmolarity first because most of the energy in the body is to maintain the gradients. 
the osmolarity gradient. So the cell membranes of the potassium and the sodium going in and out, in and out, in and out. It takes a lot of energy. So if the pH is off and the osmolarity is off, you're using a lot of that energy and the cell membrane is so impaired, you know, so stressed that it's sending off a lot of stress chemistry. And then that's going to release a lot of histamine and make things worse. I've seen somebody, you know, when I have a client in Canada and her, you know, her lab came back and I knew that her, her pH was off. And so I made some recommendations about how to quickly alkalinize her blood and tissue. And she did it. And like she says, wow, for four hours afterwards, I just had this like sense of peace and joy. And, you know, it's, oh, that's great. What did you recommend that she did? Some alkaline water. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like looking at this and she, shouldn't I try this up? I'm like, just, can you just do this one thing? <laughs> so it's just the alkaline water that you could buy at the grocery store, like that 9.5 alkaline water. Yeah. 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 Because she was having, I could tell her body was acidic and she was having what we call reductive stress. And right. stress is basically having too many electrons, too much hydrogen. And everybody's now, the new big supplement is NAD, right? Well, NAD has a, like when it's in its ionized form, it's looking for an electron. But when you have a lot of electrons laying around, that electron's going to go sit on that NAD. Now it sits at NADH. And that's when the pH is low. We have a lot of electrons or those hydrogen ions, and that's acidic. So we have very little NAD in the body. But the thing is, we do this oxidation reduction, oxidation reduction. It's very, very quick, 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 you know. But if we have a lot of the hydrogens, you can't pull it off. We need to be able to pass those electrons because that NADH is used to pass those electrons. So by raising the pH, you're reducing the amount of the hydrogens. Now you have the NAD to run the Krebs cycle and to make ATP. So, you know, balancing the pH is very, very crucial I use organic acids a lot to determine the acid-base balance just on whether, you know, like the lactate and pyruvate will tell me a lot about the balance between oxidation and reduction. And there's some other things that I look at too. And then even in a stool test, you can see there are certain bacteria that are hydrogen producers, and then there's certain bacteria that are hydrogen consumers. And when you got this real imbalanced bacteria growth, that whole thing. And when, and most of the hydrogen in the body is produced in the gut. That's why they say you got to always start with your gut. So you want to get that balance of the hydrogen producers and the hydrogen consumers and balance because that hydrogen can go into the body and cause reductive stress. We all think about oxidative stress, but nobody's talking about reductive stress. Hmm. Okay. So I have two questions from what you just stated. One is, could you use Alka-Seltzer gold? Is that what it's called to get your pH? Because someone had mentioned that once to me and I didn't know. If I that's... don't know. I, I know that when I was recovering from mold illness a long, long time ago, I used Alka-Seltzer gold when I was having a histamine reaction. It's very common to use for a histamine reaction. I mean, I think... I think what it does is it causes like an oxidation in the gut, but I'm not so sure systemically mm -hmm. how 
that works. But yeah, that's kind of in the toolbox of people that have histamine issues is trying Alka-Seltzer Gold because it's kind of like, you know, it's a high pH. It's got that like a baking soda type reaction. And then you had mentioned hydrogen and I've heard like the kind of buzzword of the past like month is hydrogen water. So is that, what do you know about that, if anything? You know, I, I really don't know a lot. Of, uh, that is a new buzzword. I haven't looked into it. There, it's called like molecular hydrogen. And I'm like, well, that word just doesn't make sense to me. But I haven't looked into it and studied it. That's on my to-do list to, to try to figure out <laughs> what, you know, is it beneficial? Because there's a lot of new things on the market and you hear these buzzwords and people are like, going and buying this NAD. And I'm like, you know what? You could probably just take niacin <laughs> to do yeah. the same thing because niacin right. is basically nicotine adenosine dinucleotide. Right. Same thing is NAD. And my thought is once it gets to the gut with a low pH, whatever it's attached to, that's going to be all like cleaved off and everything. And basically what you have is NAD. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I kind of don't get the big hoopla. I tried those expensive things. I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll try it. And clinically I didn't see much. So if you are having high histamine responses, is that going to just go away on its own? Once you address the other issues, like once you get the mold out, once you figure out whatever else is causing inflammatory or the viruses, then does it naturally subside? Or is that something that has to be addressed completely on its own? Well, it's multifactorial. I mean, it's partly a limbic response. And I think you interviewed Dr. Christensen. Mm-hmm. Y'all talked extensively about the limbic system. That has to be done. And initially, you know, you may need to use some really potent over-the-counter medications because, you know, my main goal is to stabilize the histamine response right away. Mm-hmm. But that's going to include over-the-counter antihistamines and maybe some prescription like what I use now is Claritin. That's kind of my... Claritin and Zyrtec. I usually try mm-hmm. to like mix them or, you know, what works even better is hydroxyzine. It's a very inexpensive prescription mm. and it, it's basically a very strong Zyrtec and it penetrates the brain a lot better. So, you know, it really helps better with CNS symptoms, helps you sleep better, get into a, a deeper REM sleep. Mm-hmm. So, and you can use up to hundred milligrams four times a day and it doesn't really cause the drowsiness side effects like Benadryl and some of the other over-the-counter antihistamines do, you know, so we'll want to use those in combination with maybe some of the prescription like the chromalin sodium and the ketotifen. But I, you know, one thing that's missed a lot of times is using a huge variety of polyphenols because the polyphenols are going to modulate and regulate the whole immune system in the gut. And some people are a little sensitive to polyphenols, you know, because they get, they can get trapped in some part of a metabolic pathway in some people. And usually like B6 and magnesium kind of helps. And then there's also an enzyme called no phenol by Houston enzymes that can help people tolerate polyphenols. But we really need to include foods that are high in polyphenols and we need to have a variety and people will say, oh, well, I drink coffee. But it's, you know, the thing is, is people say, oh, polyphenols and they just like focus on one food, you know, like, okay, I can have chocolate. <laughs> but you want, 
you know, polyphenols are very, very high content in herbs and you want high, a quercetin is actually a polyphenol. It's basically called nature's antihistamine. And that needs to be part of everybody's toolkit on immune modulation because they improve the blood flow. They squash the inflammasome activation. And, and the thing is, is I think most people with Lyme disease have like an adaptive immune system polarization and maybe a TH17, like a lot of autoimmune processes going on. You may or may not have any autoimmune diseases, but the immune system is polarized in that direction. It's very, very inflammatory. And to squash that, you have to like start with the inflammasomes. You got to make sure you have good oxygenation, good perfusion, you know, make sure you don't have sleep apnea, make sure that you're getting enough oxygen, no anemias, no blood sugar problems. Those things have to be addressed and squashing the inflammasome because you're never going to get an autoimmune disease if you don't have inflammasome activation. So working at things that block the inflammasomes and polyphenols and minerals are really, really good at blocking that inflammasome activation and modulating, especially in the, in the gut. Now, another thing, the polyphenols, they're very poorly absorbed and used by the body, but the gut bacteria use them for food. And so if you've ever seen a Genova diagnostic stool test and they have the commensal strains, I think they're the only ones that have those commensals. And you look at it and there's dots all over. I think they have about 20 or 30 of them on that page. And they should all be like past that 50% mark and that, you know, abundant. But like a lot of times you'll see them just spotty and some like not even present. And then, you know, and there's a few of them that are really, really key in having like a healthy gut. And the way to get a healthy microbiota balance, you want them all to grow out because one bacteria strain may like one certain polyphenol and another one might not like another one. So if you're eating one polyphenol, that strain's going to grow out and cause like an imbalance. Okay. So you want a huge array of polyphenols and you know where you're going to find your polyphenols in your spice cabinet. So you, really? you want to, all those herbs and everything. I kind of like making porridge or something with, with breakfast, like with some quinoa and bone broth. I take out all of those herbs and I just pour them liberally. And I built a herb garden outside and I just go out and cut lots of herbs and put them in everything. And you want as much variety as you can get. And polyphenols are so important that I had developed a supplement that are extracts. They're very potent and there's five polyphenols and each one of them I put in there for different thing, but they all had the mechanism of action of modulating the T regulatory cells in the immune system in the gut. And, you know, so there was five of them and, you know, so it improves the, the perfusion, tissue perfusion, and it causes a much more balanced microbiota growth. And, you know, they're full of vitamins and minerals and proteins and all kinds of things. And so the polyphenol supplement that I developed is called Immunothrive. And they're all herbal extracts. And sometimes I had people that had ulcerative colitis that nothing would work. And I put them on, on this. And then also... I 
Integrative Therapeutics makes a product called Repair Guard that has a really rich source of quercetin and other polyphenols in there. You know, so I will like combine all these polyphenols together and it does an amazing job at stabilizing histamine many times. Mm -hmm, That's great. And is that available on your website, the supplement? Uh, This Immunothrive? Yeah, well, you can go to immunothrive.com. It's also on Amazon. I'm not sure if there's a link on my website. My website is Dr. Gail Clayton, but I talk about it in the course of the Mold Detox Diet course. We have the Mold Detox Diet course for the lay person on getting started with all the diet changes and how to choose the right diet. And then we have the Advanced Mold Immune course where Dr. Margaret and I talk about the whole immune response and what happens in immune dysregulation with mold. But it's really interesting, you know, the way we designed it was that we kind of focused on giving this master's level material in a way that even a lay person could understand it. And so it's seven modules in this course. And we're, we kind of took out some of those really technical stuff and we made it innovated so that we bring you through all the things that cause the immune system become dysregulated and then explain how the immune system works. And then we go into the T cells and the B cells. And then we talk about how to modulate it back into homeostasis. So, you know, the last three videos are all about modulating it and what to do and all the clinical pearls. And we've had some really great feedback on that course. That's great. Now, how did you guys wind up partnering together? I met Dr. Christensen at a Real Times Lab hosted a conference in Dallas one summer. I guess it was three or four years ago when I happened to be sitting next to her. And she says she's hosting the Toxic Mold Summit. And I said, really? I said, you know, I'm making a course, and I had just started on it, for lay people on how to get started in diet changes. And I says, maybe we should like kind of do this together so we can kind of bring that out. And she, you know, we exchanged information and then we've been kind of working at this for, for quite a while now. Oh, that's great. Now, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think is important to address for people who have chronic Lyme and don't seem to be getting better? Well, you know, of course the diet's very important. When you say that, I just want to clarify, do you, is it your typical like real food? Yeah, like, like kind of like a whole 30 or autoimmune paleo is really good. But, you know, there's sometimes you may need to modify that depending on what's going on with your gut and your immune system. And sometimes people can't get their immune system back into homeostasis because the mitochondria has not completed, you know, it's still in shutdown mode. And maybe that there's something that hasn't been fixed yet, some nutrient, maybe problems with methylation. There may be something genetic wrong with methylation, or there may be something genetic wrong with actually making the enzyme that metabolizes histamine in the gut. And maybe their immune system is impaired. I can look at the CBC, I can look at some of the markers and see that, okay, your innate immune system, which is the immune system we're born with, and that's the one kind of like Pac-Man, it goes around, does all the surveillance. It should keep all of those bacteria, virus, and fungus like at a level where it's not causing illness. 
you know, so sometimes we need to like give things to boost that, to push that innate immune system. And sometimes there's a lot of inflammation that hasn't been addressed and the inflammation impairs those lymphocytes that are made in the bone. And so I see signs of bone inflammation. And so now these immune cells are not maturing into healthy immune cells. And then they themselves become very inflammatory. And so we have to like figure out what's going on, you know, what's causing that bone inflammation. How can we lower that, that stress in the bone and, and how can we stimulate the bone marrow to make more lymphocytes that are going to mature to help us out? Mm -hmm. So technical. You're so smart. All these words. (laughs) I'm like, who? And sometimes I, I, you know, I tell you, it's so funny. I had this doctor come to me, I guess it was about four years ago. And, you know, she'd saw one of my videos about like looking at the NutriVal and she's like, maybe I need to look at my diet. And I'm like, really? She's been sick with Lyme for 20 years. She's gone to six different doctors, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic. Nobody had told her anything about diet. And so she, she saw my video and she's like, oh, I haven't even like thought about diet. Oh my. Oh, and the funny thing is just, I have thought about diet and it's like, it takes you a long time to give up everything. I mean, it's pretty much what everything I love is what I'm not supposed to have. Well, you know, the coffee, right. the well, alcohol. The- <laughs> well, this is the thing in our course, it's really hard if you don't have the support because it's like, oh my gosh, you're taking away all my food. What am I going to eat? We give a lot of ideas like, you know, what can you have? And, you know, I love potato chips. I have to get those up. I have to get up the corn chips. But then, you know, you, okay, I can have cassava chips. So I can have my salty chip and I can have plantain chips cooked in coconut oil instead of corn chips. And there's a lot of really good alternatives. You can even have pizza. I have this fantastic pizza recipe. <laughs> so you just got to find the alternative. Learning yeah. how to switch to a healthier diet. And then, you know, even using food sensitivity testing. Now, I like to use the, the newer ones that this, the IgG4 plus the C3D, because the C3D is the complement protein that's very, very inflammatory. So if you're making that, it's so the IgG4 is basically an immune response. And that was all we had at one time. But now, a lot of times you see these food allergy and and everything's like elevated and you're like, well, I can't, I can't do this. Right. But if you narrow it down to just the ones that are actually causing inflammation. It is important to do those tests because I did those tests and it was almost like everything that I thought was good for me was causing my inflammation. Right. It was like kale was causing my inflammation, coconut oil, Causing yeah, my, like, so it's yeah. the avocados, like everything I was eating that I thought I was being super healthy was actually causing my inflammation. So it's really funny. I had this one client a few months back and she was so brain fogged and everything. And, and I think she had Lyme too. And she was on all these supplements and doing all this. And I looked and the first meeting, all we did, <laughs> she, she was taking the wrong supplements. Her immune system was so polarized in a certain direction and everything that she was doing and eating was keeping it there. All we did is like, I removed 17 supplements she was taking and I changed and I'm like, you've got to stop these smoothies and you've got to stop eating this and this. And I just changed her diet completely and took off 17 supplements. Two weeks later, first time in, her, in 20 years, she had her brain back. 
because her her immune wow. system to kind of go back into home. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, it's time to start like adding in foods. And she's like, I'm not adding in anything. I'm staying on this. Forever. Yeah, because it's working. Like, why would I mess <laughs> I it up? I feel so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny, you know, like and I had an, I've had several clients. They're like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I like this diet. I'm staying on it. I feel so fantastic. That's amazing. That's great. So <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And we'll tell every, you know, have everyone go and check out the multi-tox diet and also your website. And also the immunothrive. If you mm-hmm. haven't tried using polyphenols to help modulate your immune system, you know, this is good. And also that repair guard, it's, I think it's Perk, Perk Repair Guard. That's a, a product that I like a lot. And another thing that I could recommend if you're having a lot of histamine issues besides the over-the-counter antihistamines is add high-dose riboflavin. It's kind of like all these B vitamins are interdependent, but riboflavin is the nexus of where it all starts. It's needed to make that DAO enzyme in your gut. Okay, so the riboflavin, it can help you make more of that to help you metabolize the histamine. And it also is used in methylation. And we use methylation to metabolize histamine like in the in the central nervous system. So, you know, the high dose riboflavin can be very effective in the polyphenols, the antihistamine. So you want to get your histamine stabilized and then make sure you're not in, in a mold environment. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Great advice. I thank you again for your time and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Mimi. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on and I am so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week. If you want to learn how I detox and you want to check out my detox for Lyme checklist, go to lime360.com forward slash detox checklist. You can also join our community at Lyme 360 Warriors on Facebook and let's heal together. Thank you. Thank you.